it feels like our world is um, upside down. It feels like the world is upside down. And it feels like what we need to do is we need to turn the world upside down again to make it right side up. To turn the world upside down. That's what St. Paul did. That's what the people with St. Paul did. That's what the early disciples with the apostles did. They turned the world upside down. Today, we heard the beginning of St. Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. The Thessalonians are just the citizens of this town in Greece called Thessalonica. And Paul, actually, he didn't just write a random letter to these people in Thessalonica. He actually knew these people because he had went there and told them for the first time about Jesus. And in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 17, we hear about how Paul and the other disciples went to this place called Thessalonica. They preached the gospel. They talked about Jesus Christ who died because He loves you and who rose from the dead, rescuing you and me from the grasp of Satan and of death and of hell. And Paul and his companions, they spent three weeks in this Greek town called Thessalonica telling everybody who would listen about the glorious freedom of being a Christian. The freedom of being baptized and washed away from all our sins. The freedom of having the promise of eternal life in heaven with God and the freedom of beginning to live that life even today. In three weeks, Paul and his companions told them about Jesus and many, many people were converted. Jews were converted, Greeks were converted, rich people were converted, poor people were converted, all kinds of people were converted. And then you know what happened? Other people got jealous. And because these people were jealous, they ran Paul out of town. And they captured Jason. Jason, who was a citizen of Thessalonica. He'd probably been there most of his life. He probably knew the people there, but they captured him. Didn't matter, because they were jealous. Didn't matter that they knew him. Didn't matter that he was one of their own people. They captured him, and they brought him to court. And they said, These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. Well, I present to you this morning that our world needs to be turned upside down. And so let's do it. Let's be part of this movement which is Christianity, which turns the world upside down. And how did they turn the world upside down? The, the Bible keeps going and tells us. They were all acting against 
the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king. His name is Jesus. These men and these women, these early disciples, they turned the world upside down because they put Jesus Christ before any other thing. Yes, Caesar is important. Yes, the politics is important. Yes, render to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. But first, but most importantly, but more fundamental than anything else, render to God what belongs to God. Give your worship and your adoration and everything that you've got to our Lord Jesus Christ. Because He's God and He, and he deserves it, first of all. He's God and we owe it to Him because He's God. And second of all, because it makes everybody's life better. The Christians of old turned the world upside down by love. Because their love for Jesus moved them to love other people. So, back in ancient Rome, if you had a baby and you didn't want the baby... It was socially acceptable to just leave the baby outside. How horrible. And the baby who was left outside would freeze to death, would die from exposure in the heat, or would starve, or sometimes even Lord have mercy, would be eaten by wolves. And you know what the Christians would do? They would go pick up the baby. And they would adopt the baby. And they would raise the baby. And if they had seven kids already and they were poor, well, we're going to figure it out. God's going to provide. Because Jesus is Lord. Not Caesar. Because Jesus is Lord. Not public opinion. Because Jesus is Lord. Not money. And if Jesus is Lord, He's going to figure it out. He's going to provide for us. We are going to love. I don't know how many little babies were saved. Because Christians chose to love. And other people, they took notice. People who were just kind of didn't really know the Lord, but who were just kind of living out in society and trying to do the right thing, but didn't really know Jesus, wasn't living the fullness of life. You know people like that. We all do. You know them at your, in, at your work, in your school, maybe in your family. You just, you know, see them at Kanadas or Rouses or Walmart or whatever. Just trying to do the right thing, but not really in love with the Lord. Well, they started to take notice said, man, these Christians, there's something different about them. Hey, and they wasn't, they wasn't just saving the babies either. When a plague would come to town, in ancient Rome, if a plague comes to town, you just leave. If your neighbor's dying, I mean, I might, maybe I kind of feel bad, but sorry, I don't want to die. If your family member's dying, well, you probably feel really bad, but sorry, I don't want to die. Bye. But the Christians, they wouldn't do that. The Christians, they would stay. 
and they would take care of the sick over and over and over again. They would take care of the sick. And the people, they start to take notice. Maybe I will get sick and die. Well, Lord, you told me to care for the sick. You told me to feed the hungry and clothe the naked and all the rest. You told me to care for the sick. So, Lord, if I get sick and die by taking care of the sick, you got to take care of me. They trusted in Jesus. And many of them did get sick and die. They died while loving other people. They turned the world upside down by love. People took notice. When the government was against them, and when the government said it was illegal to be a Christian, the Christians, they said, well, Jesus is Lord, not Caesar. So I'm going to keep being a Christian. I might go into hiding. I might do all kinds of things. But I will not stop being a Christian. And when some of those Christians were captured, when they were rounded up, when they were arrested, when they were taken before princes and rulers and judges and emperors and all the rest, they said, I will not deny my Lord Jesus Christ. So they died. They were burned alive, but they were eaten by lions and all these other things. Beheaded, stoned, crucified. And they went straight to heaven. They died as martyrs. They chose to love. And the people in Rome took notice. Eventually, Rome became Christian. Eventually, the emperors became Christian. Eventually, we began to spread the gospel to other places. We were in Rome, we were in North Africa. We went further south in Africa, we went further north in Europe. We went across the oceans. We met kings and we met princes and we met people and we met queens and and we told them about Jesus. But we didn't just tell them about Jesus. We showed them about Jesus. And turned the world upside down. Choosing over and over again to care for the other. Choosing over and over and over again to love. That... That is the kind of discipleship that our Lord Jesus Christ is calling us today. A discipleship that puts our Lord Jesus Christ above everything else and then allows that relationship with God to empower us to go out and care for other people. Today as we celebrate St. Luke and as in a a little while we give a special blessing to our medical professionals, say thank you. You who work in the medical field. For loving people over and over and over again. For caring for people over and over and over again. You who work in the medical field and who have the courage when you're able to pray with your patients. I I know people who do that. And I know patients who come and say, man, my doctor asked if we could pray today. And I said, of course. And it was beautiful. You medical professionals who care for your people, thank you. God bless you. We'll give you a special blessing today for your Christian love. 
So what's the purpose of this parish? What's the purpose of Holy Cross? The purpose of Holy Cross is to glorify God, to love Jesus first of all, and to empower us together to turn the world upside down by love. I've told you before, love is not cupids and butterflies and rainbows. But love is a cross. Love is active. And it's our job together to facilitate an environment where we turn the world upside down by love. So we do that. We do that by going online and getting the message out as much as we can. Including to people who are in their car right now because they're, they're too sick or otherwise immunosuppressed to come into mass in the middle of the pandemic. We do it to people at their homes who are too sick or immunosuppressed to even get out of their house. But who can pray along with us right now. We are right now making it possible to get back to visiting the sick. Right now I think we have somewhere like 11 people who receive Holy Communion during the week in their house. Because they can't. Because they're very elderly, they're very sick, they, they, they are homebound. And we're figuring out ways to do that with greater order, with greater clarity, with safety, and with reverence. So that we can, we can bring communion to the rest of the homebound. I think we're going to have like over 20 people in the next month or so. Who we get to visit once a week at their house. Because they can't get here. We reformulated youth formation. In such a way that we're focused on making disciples of our young people. Some of you I know participated last year in our small groups for adults. Some of you did the Advent Connections. Some of you started the Lent Connections until the coronavirus happened. Some of you have participated in our grief support group, our grief share, after you lost somebody. Some of you are in a Come Lord Jesus group. All sorts of things. The purpose of all that and all the other things that we do here is to glorify God and then empower us together to love. To love in the realities of our daily lives. But here's the thing. We we got a problem. Our desire is to invite people to come to Holy Cross to worship with us, to pray with us, and to be a part of our community as we love together. That's why we have that little like tagline, right? come, worship, belong. And we've been doing a lot to try to help people, help you, me, all of us together to love. But um, even since we've been back to Mass after um, the, the springtime lockdowns with covid our collections are, are only at two-thirds of, of what they were before the pandemic. We spent all last year cutting the budget as much as we possibly could, taking out everything that we didn't need. We were blessed to get the, the PPP loan that, that took us through the time that we wouldn't have in mass and and, and, and really thought that when we, well, wasn't having Mass publicly. And I really thought that when everybody came back to Mass, that, that, that we'd be able to sustain all these initiatives with, with, with our budget. But we, but we can't. Because we, we only have 
two-thirds of the amount of money coming in and and there's nothing left to cut and there's no savings so uh, this week you're gonna receive a brochure in the mail if you're on the mailing list if, if you're at all in our system if we get your address you're gonna receive a brochure in the mail with a commitment card um, asking you to to do two things to pray for our parish and to financially support our parish because if we don't do something different we're, we're gonna have to do something different in the book of Genesis Abraham gives us the standard for giving money to the church it's 10% Abraham meets Melchizedek he gives 10% of his stuff and that gives us the standard and I think it's important that we all know that the standard that's come down to us is 10% but I also think it's important for us all to hear that well maybe you can't give 10% right now if you can't I get that but if you if you're given six you're given six percent can you give eight if you're given four percent can you give seven if you're given one percent can you give two or three or four Y'all, our mission is to turn the world upside down to make disciples of all nations baptizing them and teaching them to love God and to love our neighbor so might we do that might we do that together and might we turn the world upside down